Welcome to the Improvement Imminent Podcast. I'm Philip Weigel, here with my brother, John Michael. Together, we set out to create a better program that can bridge the gap between gyms and help more athletes improve their fitness. Each week, we ask ourselves, what can we do better? And we challenge each of you to do the same. Our mission is to share our knowledge from our nearly two decades of experience as CrossFit athletes and coaches to help you approach each day's training with more purpose. Welcome back to the Improvement Imminent Podcast, everyone. This is the place where you can find out all about our training for the week. Well, at least a little bit about the training, but you can always look in the episode notes where you'll find all the workouts we're going to be doing so you can inform yourself. John Michael and I are going to break down some of the highlights for the week, the things that we think you should place the most focus on and hit the hardest as the week comes along. So let's get into that, John Michael. We're starting the week off strong with with Jackie, right? Yeah, one of one of the shorter workouts. Um, with uh, am I too close to the mic, Phil? You might be a little close to the mic. Oh my bad. One of the uh, shorter workouts that we have here in CrossFit as a benchmark, um, not as short as a Fran per se, um, but also probably ooh, ooh, one of the simplest. Yeah, it's it's a pretty brutal test because yeah. it opens up with a one k row. And then you go into 50 thrusters. And the standard weight on this for everyone, guys and gals included, is a 45-pound barbell. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you go into 30 pull-ups to finish the thing off. So it's it's a pretty fast and furious event. Um, this has been done in, in elite-level competition before. And athletes do it in five, five and a half minutes yeah. at the top levels. Um, we put a 12-minute cap on it. We should be setting ourselves up to get through it in under 12 minutes really in under 10 minutes yeah that's realistic i think if you guys are looking at this one trying to figure out um how to set it out do not crush yourself on the 1k um you need to hold a pace that is absolutely fast but a pace that when you get off of your 1k you can pick that barbell up and you can do 50 thrusters um maybe not even i'd say i mean obviously try to go unbroken if you think you have the capacity um but even if i know we did jackie last time we did it um we had a couple athletes that rested on their back They'd come to their back, they'd rest, they'd take two breaths, they'd come back over the shoulder, and they'd begin again. Um, and it worked pretty well for them. I think if you're resting it on the back, you should just sack up and do it all. Agreed, that's what I told them, but they looked at me in that moment, and they probably thought, F you. Probably, but that's just because of your face. That's debatable, but that's okay. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> about your face. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's a tough workout because 50 is a big number on that thruster, but it's not a heavy weight. So it's something kind of like wall ball shots where you can hang on and do five more reps. You're just making choices whether or not you're going to do that. When you use those pull-ups, some people have great pull-up capacity and will just blaze through 30, um, although probably not blaze through at that point. It, it always feels a little wounded, I, I think, for me at least when I get to those pull-ups. I, I don't feel as powerful as I normally do. I feel pretty good. I'm usually warmed up at that point. That would make sense. You should be so, nice and warm at that point. I usually feel like I'm ready to attack them. If you're breaking it into chunks, you got to stay close to your pull-up bar. There's nothing wrong with quick singles, but there's a lot wrong with slow singles. You have to get back up when you don't want to. You can't afford to take a 15-second break if you just did three or five reps. You should only be taking a couple seconds and quickly re, uh, re-establishing yourself on that pull-up bar to pick up where you left off. Yeah, hit that one hard. Um, Before that, we are doing some floor press, 
which we have done not too, too long ago, right? Probably, probably a couple months ago. Uh, but that's basically a bench press without a bench, right? We lay on the ground and we have a lot of control when we lower and raise that bar because if we go down too fast, we're just going to smash our elbows into the floor. And that's not yeah. what we want to see. We want a smooth, controlled lift, uh, trying to keep our core tight and trying to deliberately move the barbell up and over our shoulders. With those, we're doing some heavier Russian kettlebell swings, really trying to think about engaging our glutes and using uh, using our, our backside to drive our hip open and then send that kettlebell up to eye level. All right, so really put the force in from the hips. On those Russian swings, if we have um, a gap in kettlebells, what do you think about using a band to help um, give some resistance and pull that kettlebell back down in? I really like a banded kettlebell swing. And actually, do you think, think we should like, just change that to a banded? Because um, then we can adjust it far more. Because down here at Cadre, it's I would say yeah. I would say I would say let's do a banded because I'm thinking of the gap between 70 pounds and yeah. 124. Yeah, I'm gonna bring in another 70. It's large. Um, from my yeah, it is large. Uh, I'm gonna bring in another 70 from my garage, but uh, but still, yeah, there's a there's a gap there. So banded Russian kettlebell swings. Yep. Same so, thing that he said, except for now you have the resistance of a band. So at the at the top, when the kettlebell is weightless, it's gonna start coming back down it's into never the. Never really weightless, yeah, because into the, the hip. Yeah. The band is pulling it back. You have that accommodating resistance of a band that stretches as you drive the kettlebell higher. So yeah. it it really does drive the kettlebell back through the hips and encourage you to then load to your heels and then throw your hips into them again. Squeeze the butts. I like it. I like it. Squeezy butts. All right, let's move on. Let's check the next highlight for our week. Oh, hold on. I got to Oh, hold on. I got to do time stamps so I have to people do time know stamps. when things happen. This time stamp is at se- 6 minutes. Uh, well, probably now cuz we But it begins at 30 seconds because that's when the podcast starts. Yeah, it was probably about 50 seconds in that we got to the first. That's okay. I'll, I'll go back and find them. Uh, Make the timestamps really wrong. That way people have to listen to the podcast to find oh, everything. Oh, that's sneaky. That's really sneaky. Dang, this cord's getting in my way. Blame it on the computer. Technology. Well, 6.30. So now we're at 6.30. All right, what is our next stage to look at? Um... No. No. So we're gonna talk about this. On uh, Wednesday. Wednesday, we, we're gonna we yeah, we're gonna revisit something that we learned as a skill. Was it last week or was it the week before? Week before, two weeks ago. Uh it was an archer pull up. And we're gonna use these in our in our pre wad accessory strength set, uh, where we're doing four archer pull ups and then following it with a single sided Bottoms up, mm. lunge into a strict press. Dang. Uh, so this is all about control. It's not about heavy weight. Basically, with uh, with the archer pull-ups, four pull-ups is going to be two reps going each way. right? So ideally, I think people will be doing two reps in a row, dropping, and then resetting and doing two reps in a row again. If If you're stronger on it, then maybe you can do all four in a row. Maybe you need to widen your hands and make it a little bit more difficult because the wider those hands go with that archer pull-up, if you remember doing them, it made it a lot stinking harder to actually pull up and over to that hand and get your chin relatively close to the bar. Remember, there's there's no value in poking your chin anywhere with this. Nope. It's all about pulling the bar into your body in 
differing degrees. Yeah, I actually got the question, why do an archer pull up? Um, people were wondering. And I think, uh, at least my take is going to be, it's really difficult to find a, um, a single-sided movement when it comes to pulling, especially like a barbell or a rig. Um, and this is a good way for you guys to kind of isolate that side that you said is difficult to get that pull, as well as we take that other arm, which ends up being a little more straight, um, and we actually use a lot of lat activation. When you guys to have- drive that bar down, yeah. yeah. When you have straight arms, uh, your body has no choice but lat activation. Mm -hmm. So you have to activate the lat. So it's actually a really good way for you guys to not only get, um, as you can imagine, a one-arm pull-up is probably really difficult. It's super difficult. So it's a way that we can- Somebody thought I could do them because I do so many pull-ups. And well, they're foolish. Yeah, I, I was like, no, no, dude, I cannot do a one arm pull up. I'm, I bet I can do more. I bet I can I do gave, a better attempt. I, than I you gave can. it my best attempt, and how far did you make it? Didn't really move much. I made. I tried it when we did arch pull ups, and I made it like this far. Yeah, everyone can see that, so that makes total sense. Well, if you guys are listening to podcasts, it's probably. I don't know angles. It's it's it's, it's, an, pretty, it's an obtuse angle. It's pretty much insignificant. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> um, archer pull-ups is a good way for you guys to get a really, really solid amount of lat engagement in mm -hmm. in your arm that is straight, or as well as it's a really good way for you guys to get, um, I guess, what unilateral we'll call it. Yeah. A unilateral pull um, up to a pull-up bar, which is just it's a good way for people to mix it up. Oftentimes, when you do the same thing over and over again, like imagine you did Murph every day, you plateau. You'd probably plateau, and oh. so. If you guys know anyone that's doing that, make sure you guys call them out. It's happening for a reason. Yeah, whatever. We don't need to talk about this. We don't, so we won't. But, yeah, there's some good points there with the archer pull-ups. And another reason to do them uh, is just, if you look at what happens in life, it's not typically perfectly balanced, perfectly even. What? And, and squared away. So you might have to pull on something with one arm off and above your body, kind of to the side and high. That, that's not unrealistic. Or if you ever look at rock climbing, well, they're doing archer pull-ups all the time, aren't they? Because they reach off to the side and then pull themselves over in, into that hold, right? So it doesn't make sense to just train in a single plane. And with our pulling, with our pulling movements in the past, we've been far too stagnant. So we're trying to expand the numbers of pulls that we do and the types of pulls that we do with our upper body to balance out, create stronger, healthier shoulders, and, and set ourselves up for better success and better protected movement patterns when we do go to do a bar muscle up or we are trying to learn how to butterfly kip because we've built enough strength to support our shoulders. I like it. I like it. Um, we're going to follow that up with a... Single-sided bottoms-up kettlebell strict press. Um, you guys have done this before. I'll go over the part two of it. Um, you guys have done this before. The kettlebell is inverted. It requires much, much more grip than if you guys were doing a strict press where the kettlebell could sit on the back of the wrist or if we're using a dumbbell. We actually have to um, squeeze this kettlebell, I mean, pretty much with all your might to control it and make sure it doesn't flop on either side. Mm -hmm. Now, with this, we're going to do um, our press in an active lunge. Okay, yeah. so you guys are going to lunge into so the strict press. It's a little tricky because you're, you're starting with that kettlebell inverted mm -hmm. and sitting right beside your cheek, your, yeah. your, uh, your face cheek. and What's your other cheek? Your butt cheek. Ah. It could be sitting down there, but it's not. It's up by your face. It's basically in a, in a f elevated front rack position, and you're going to lunge in and then hold an active lunge position and then do your press. So that is another added layer of challenge uh, because – Doing a strict press itself in an active lunge is difficult, while going into a bottoms-up 
kettlebell strict press in that active lunge, it, it feels very unstable uh, and you might find yourself kind of floundering around at first. So keep the weights stinking light. This is about control and position and understanding motion, not about heavy, heavy, heavy load. Agreed. Yeah. And our workout, well, we don't think we need to talk about that workout. You guys can read yeah. what the wad is that follows that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I like that strength or that uh, pre-wad accessory work. It's not going to be a high heart rate. Um, it's all about it's all about control and position, uh, and then and then getting an aggressive pull in. True. And we heard one of the best quotes during it: "If you do too much of one thing, you'll plateau." So just remember that, guys. All right, next. Uh, you think you're so clever. Let's go over this one. I like this one. The pick your poison. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're on to Friday. We are going to be going into our workout. Or actually, I'll talk about skill real quick. We're going to be doing some handstand practice. Mm -hmm. um, you guys are going to work on some partner-supported handstand um, shoulder taps. You guys are also going to be working on uh, – what's the other one? Shoulder taps, and then – We're doing a leg lift while supported yeah. on parallettes. Yeah, so it's a core – hollow not hollow it's a core l sit accessory i'd say right yeah so basically your your hands are supported on parallettes or on boxes or mm -hmm. if you're if you're a very flexible and and strong cord person you might even be able to just sit on the ground strong cord it's it's tough to do uh but you're gonna hold yourself in a support position so your arms are keeping your body off the ground and you have to lift your feet up and over an object and then tap the floor on the other side and then come back and we're going to do a series of reps with that pattern. Um, if you are doing really well with it, then we'll give you a bigger object to go over, maybe a kettlebell, right, where you got that high handle that you have to lift past. If you're struggling with it a little bit, then we're going to go with something lower, like maybe just a PVC pipe where you have a very small object to clear. You only have to raise a couple inches, but you still have to raise. If we need to, we can bend our knees and do this, right? Yeah, that makes it easier because it's really... I mean, it's hip flexor and quad ability to straighten the leg. Mm -hmm. um, and if you bend your knees a little bit, it it's also, easier to elevate yourself up a tad. It also takes out the hamstring tension, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And people who have tight hamstrings, myself included, that's half the battle is just the fact that my hamstrings want to keep my feet on the floor. So I'm not just fighting gravity to pick my legs up. I'm actually fighting my own musculature in order to create the pattern. And you got so much musculature. That's a that's a hard fight. Um, so that's gonna be a fun skill. You guys are gonna get to play around. It's gonna be the partner handstand walk's a good one because it gets you guys in a not handstand walk, but uh, shoulder my bad. taps. Yeah, right? shoulder tap. It gets you guys in a little more, I'd say, applicable position when you're upside down for the shoulder tap. Um, ultimately, the tap is letting go of the ground with one hand so that you guys can learn to trust and build strength and mainly trust in your other hand to balance. Um, and having a partner gets you guys in more of a um, true you know, self-supported handstand position. Yeah, um, it lets so. it can, it can give you the opportunity to try to create that floating balance. Mm -hmm. um, it we're gonna be all over the place with this, right? Yep. Some people definitely need the wall for support. Some people will even be using a box and going into a pike position to support themselves and then doing their shoulder taps. Um, but depending on your capacity, if if you've got a pretty good feel for your overhead position, you stack up really well and you know that you're not gonna fall on your face when you take one hand off the floor, then working with a partner kind of gives you a little bit more freedom to try to control yourself because the wall is very fixed, 
right? It's, it's a solid thing. And once you put pressure on it, you can continue to put that much pressure on it. But a person holding your feet or even giving you a small, uh, a small set of guide bars with their arms to keep your legs within, then that doesn't need to help you nearly as much. So you can do much more to fight to control position yourself. I like it. Cool. Um, <clears throat> workout that day, we're going to do, it's going to be a 12 minute AMRAP, um, but it's structured a little bit differently. So we are going to do a 30 calorie pick your poison on a C2, uh, 24 for ladies. So you guys are going to hop on. That's how the 12 minute AMRAP begins. You guys are going to begin on a machine and then you're immediately going to go into two, four, six, eight, and 10 of an overhead squat and a power clean. Uh, say we finish the 30, we get through the two, four, six, eight, ten, 10, and it's eight minutes on the clock. You guys are going to begin with another 30 calories. So it's, it's going to be the calories first on the machine. And then you're moving on to the barbell. You're on the barbell till you're done. And then if you guys get through, you guys start another round. Uh, we didn't put a weight on this yet. Should we? Most likely. I'd like, let's do 225. I think something simple. I think that's pretty reasonable. Yeah. yeah. Overhead squats at 225, 275. If you, if you really are feeling it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably, probably, probably a good call. Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> realistically speaking, uh, the power cleans, the power cleans should be something that you could choose to touch and go and do all the reps with. The overhead squats, it it should be a big push, I think, to do all of the reps unbroken. Um, so, in terms of perceived exertion, uh, the RPE that we're starting to use, or the uh, percentage off an overhead squat um i'm thinking that you're talking about using probably a seven in the rpe which is looking at roughly 70 percent of your one rep max overhead squat yeah for you it's a little a little high because you overhead squat a lot of weight so maybe we're talking six to seven right so what's 60 percent for you is that a little bit more manual hey you, you said 225 man so yeah well but look at how many reps it is that's not manageable I'm not doing this workout with over 200 pounds. Gosh. Maybe I will. Maybe you shouldn't lift so much. That's the issue with having a high one or max and awful muscle stamina. That's the, <laughs> that's the issue that you get in. Let's let's see where I land. Because I think I think that 201 that you'd be sitting at at 60% is is a touch on the high side. Uh, it's been a while, but I'm going to assume that. Well, then that's pretty easy to do the math. 180 pounds at 60%. And that's... 210 at 70. That's pretty reasonable. That's not easy. I'll have to break up probably the 8s and the 10s on the overhead squat. No. And unbroken. power clean, I can choose to go unbroken if I want. Or you can choose to go quick singles. And when we say quick singles, what do we mean? Um, uh, due to the, the way that the phrase is built, I'm going to say we mean quick singles ah that's the key when they you do, have to be quick when you do one rep quickly is that right well ding 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 it's more so that you return quickly to do your next rep oh i almost had it yeah you were close it's a it's a tough one it's a confusing concept yeah it is when someone says quick singles i just i kind of get lost so yeah so with the barbell um the weight we're looking at is something that's gonna be pretty difficult if not not doable to do all 10 reps in a row with the overhead squat. So you'll have to break that up or you might make a good choice to break that up. And then with the power clean, because it's coming off the ground every time, a quick single is a great option because it 
saves a little bit of energy. You're not carrying the bar down and losing position as it drags you towards the floor. Uh, you're able to just get a quick reset and another good solid drive off the ground. Uh, we worked on cleans, right? So we should continue to understand or try to better understand and better apply the patterns that we've worked on, right? Making sure that we clear the knee appropriately and then are able to drive up through the hips with the bar and not bang it low off the quads and swing it out away from our body, but keep it close as we then slip underneath. Quad bangers. Don't be a quad banger. Yeah. I have a long list of quad bangers, but I'm not going to drop the names now. I don't think we need to shame everyone. It's not everyone. Most of uh, the people's. Yeah, it's just Rocco. Oh, my bad. <laughs> no, just kidding. Rocco is a good Rocco's a good lifter. He does not bang his quads. Um, but, yeah, I like that workout. I think it's going to be a fun one. Make sure that you guys, um, when you pick your poison, make sure that you guys set out at, I mean, I'd say an aggressive pace. I truthfully think that you can get through this one and back into the C2 and then off again. Um, you gotta be, we got to be so, careful how we say it. Because I think you can pick. I think you can sprint dead sprint. Because <laughs> that's a bad choice. You've got 12 minutes of continuous work. 60 seconds max effort. So you need to take it, take a consistent approach on the machine, so that when you come off the machine, I mean, what's the difference? A consistently if aggressive. Approach. If I'm going really hard on that machine, yes, I'm gonna get done in closer to a minute. Yep. But if I go at a reasonable pace, it's gonna take me a minute and 20, maybe a minute and 30 seconds. So what I hear you saying is it's more you'll beneficial do less if you go slower. It's more beneficial for me to be consistent with my pacing on the machine so that I can move into that pretty aggressive bar movement, those two barbell movements, and do better at them because I'm not as out of breath as early in the workout. That's one way to look at it. That is my way of looking at it. Some people like to call that the incorrect way, but we'll call it your way. Well... That's appropriate because it is my way. Either way, um, I'd say pick uh, a machine that. Oh, I, I think I, we rode we rode jacking and we did some biking and we did some skiing. Yeah, so we've um, done all all three machines already this week. So just eeny meeny miny mo em. <laughs> Close your eyes, spin in circles, point whichever one you're closest to. I always encourage people to pick what they like least. Mm. Now, obviously, with Ski. an overhead squat and a power clean. You've got a very a very leg dominated workout, uh, so doing skiing would be the opposite sort of of those two, yeah. and it would be something where you're not taxing the legs as much. Uh, at the same time, you're really not spending that much time on the machine. Interior crunch. It's going to be a lot. What? I said anterior crunch. Oh, because of how you ski. Yeah, it's anterior. It's kind of like a crunch. Okay. I'll I'll explain it to you later. No, I, I I think I understand what you're trying to say. I just don't know why you're saying that. I don't know. I just thought of it while you were talking. Sorry. So you interrupted me. I, Fantastic. Yes. Every, to, probably to the benefit of every single person that's listening to this podcast. Probably. All 12 of you guys. Probably. Uh, so with with that, uh, I don't even know what I was saying. Good. You're not, even, you're not really no. spending that much time on the machine. True. Right? This workout is largely how well do you manage that barbell. Because if you manage the bar well... Then you get to go back to the machine, and now you're suffering because you're already a little bit messed up from what's happened, and now can you hold a similar pace and then get back to your barbell and have a chance to do some more reps? That sounds fun. Wow. Suffering. I'm, it's kind of the thing here that we do. That's true. We suffer. You and I did some suffering today, didn't we? 
Phil and I did a, a team competition that Cam Crockett was supposed to compete in, but then he cut his finger. Cam Crockett letting everybody down. Yeah, he did let everyone down. And then he came and he cheered for us, and he had this smug look on his face. Yeah, it was like he didn't even want to do the competition. Yeah. If you see him, remind him how we feel about him. He's a letdown. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Without a doubt, he cut his finger. That's some bull crap. But it was a good time. It was some good suffering, some quality suffering. We got to use a, a worm. Never used a worm before. That was interesting. Learn and play new sports, I believe, is part of the, uh, the CrossFit mantra. I don't really know if worm qualifies as new sport. Nah, new movement. At least it's that. But it was it was a good time. It was fun doing a team competition. I haven't done a four man team in four a long. Man, and by that you mean two men and, and two women. Four person team. There. Four human team. I mean, yeah, I think everyone was human. <laughs> True that. All right. Well, I think we've gone on long enough. Should we talk about Saturday? No, we shouldn't talk about Saturday. Ooh, bear crawls. Because if we talk about Saturday, <laughs> you can do some bear crawls Saturday. Yeah. So only, bring a friend. Only and, a couple. Uh, and yeah, have some fun. But it's not only bear crawls. There will no. be. You're also going to be holding a barbell in the front rack. So look forward to that. That's even better. Yeah. While you bear crawl. Wow. No, nonetheless. So yeah. At this. So bear crawl and hold the bar at the same time. Or your partner holds the bar while you bear crawl. Yeah. See, it's the words. The words are important. All right. This has been long enough. We will see you all in the gyms.